is expressly forbidden for you, you to, to be swimming, swimming beyond the safety of the seawall. Any of such swimming is a reckless disregard of the rules, don't you know? Stop that. <laughs> oh, Sebastian, I can't help it. I just love the sea! Hey! <laughs> Come back here! You're just like... like your mother. Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I'm here with my friend and co-host, Bree. Hello, hello. And we, we are following up our Little Mermaid episode <laughs> by going right into the sequel. We're taking a look at The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea. Oh, boy. Oh. This was one we we kind of set up in the last episode. I just thought it would be kind of fun, yeah. you know. We're 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 talking about a classic Disney movie that we both really liked and appreciated. Uh huh. And, and why not follow that up with <laughs> a the, sequel? The the, the, the the incredible sequel. <laughs> yeah. This was this was right in the heyday oh, of the boy. Disney direct to DVD movies. Um, oh. I I have I have a big big history with this film, Bree. Really? So I hope you you don't mind if I completely monopolize this intro to oh, tell you. Please this do. I am laborious. I am very curious. Please tell tell me and everyone all about your your history with the Little Mermaid yeah. too. Yeah. So this film came out in I think uh, year two thousand. So I was I was still a youngin. And I remember specifically, so my mom used to be really close with her brother and we used to go over to his house uh, every Wednesday and my mom would hang out with my, my uncle and his wife and they would smoke cigarettes around <laughs> the, the kitchen table, uh-huh. which is, you know, this is what you, what you could do in those days. Um <laughs> And I would usually hang out in the basement. Um, and I remember my uncle got this movie. He got Little Mermaid to Return to the Sea. And he would play it for me. But the thing about my uncle's TV is that it was one of those, uh, like, the big giant uh, g- giant screen TVs. And, and, again, this was the early 2000s. So this was a fucking big chonky boy. And I was a wee, just a wee little kid. So he, for some reason, he put the VCR player on top of this big screen TV. So it was actually out of my reach. And so what he would do, I remember this so specifically, is that he would put this movie in for me. Um, and then he would, you know, use a remote to get it going, and then he would put the remote on top of the TV, and then fucking leave. What? So I don't know if he- Huh? (laughs) I don't know if he didn't trust me with the remote or something, but, you know, I I mean, you would think, okay, well, maybe it's alright, could just watch the movie, just can't pause or anything. But the problem was that my mom wouldn't stay- the full duration of this movie. She'd only stay for maybe like, you know, an, oh, maybe no. an hour. Uh-huh. And so I remember <laughs> always having to leave 
right after Melody, uh, this is spoilers, everybody, right after Melody <laughs> uh-huh. gets stuck underwater <gasps> and, like, she's about to, like, you know, she's Fucking like, oh, my drown. God, no. Yeah, Melody's about to drown. Oh no, what's gonna happen? How's Melody gonna get out of this? Oh, time to fucking leave! No. And I, this happened, I swear, like, I think I tried to watch this movie probably, like, like, at least, like, three or four weeks in a row at my uncle's place. And I would ask him, you know, put, can can we play this movie? And for some reason, I never, I never explained the situation to him. I think I was, like, I don't know, I, 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 I was an awkward kid. I'm still a fucking awkward person. Um, uh-huh. Never quite, never quite learned the simple problem solving technique of just communicating your needs. Um, oh no! So he would always put he would you know he would put the D the the V the VHS in and it would always start from the very beginning of the movie oh. and so it would just happen after after like. I don't know, again, whatever, maybe like three, four weeks of fucking doing this. I think I finally gave up and never got to see the resolution (laughs) of the fucking story. And, and of course, like, this is, again, this is the year 2000. And so, like. You can just look it up. No, couldn't look it up. It's not like you could go onto YouTube and, like, find out what happened or see what happened there. So I just, like, I just gave up. And for. For fucking years and years, oh, I no. never, I never got to see the resolution of this movie. Oh, and no. and it, what's great is that the story doesn't end there. <laughs> is that, um, so Bree and I used to work in the same office. And I don't yes. remember, I don't know, Bree, if you remember, there was a little, like, gas station convenience store a couple of blocks down from us. Yeah, um, yeah. Every so often on my way into work, I would stop by this place and get a donut or whatever. Um, and one day when I walked in, I noticed, so they had uh, just like some DVDs, just like Ooh. a bargain bin DVD thing. And Little Mermaid 2 was one of the DVDs. And oh so I, this was after, this was like, fuck, this must have been the like mid 2010s or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So, like, possibly 10 to 15 years after I last attempted to watch <laughs> Little Mermaid 2. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking buy this. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to find out what the fuck happens. Um, so I, I bring up the DVD case to the front till and it never even occurred to me that... You know, this is a downtown convenience store. This man isn't going to just leave the DVD in the DVD case. So at six o'clock in the morning, here's me with my donut chocolate milk and the Little Mermaid (laughs) 2 DVD as the single cashier is having to flip through a fucking binder of DVDs. To try and find the Little Mermaid 2 DVD so that he could put it in the case for me and complete my purchase. All the while, a fucking lineup of people is getting bigger and bigger behind me. People are just like, you know, again, they're on their way to work too. They've got gas to pay. They probably want their fucking coffee. They're probably, you know, it was like, I think this was like 6 o'clock, 6.30 in the morning. And here's my stupid ass holding up the line. Because I want to know what happened to Melody. <laughs> so, holy shit, that was like, one of the, you know, again, I was an awkward kid. I was also Christine, an awkward adult. 
You're amazing. Has anyone ever told you how amazing you are? Uh, I'm a pretty great, thank you. <laughs> I forgive you for the Angela Anaconda bit from the from before the pod. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, we're for now. I was torment, but <laughs> tormenting Brie with my love of Angela Anaconda. I, I'm one of like twelve people in the world that actually liked Angela Anaconda. God, but oh my, oh Christy, but you did it. You did. You persevered. Did it. You you stuck through it. You got your hands on on the copy. I finally got to see the fucking resolution to the story so, and how it how it ended. And it was not worth it. <laughs> I was gonna say, was it everything you were hoping for? It was. I, I guess mean, it not. Was, I guess it was just like I don't know, like it, like you know, if I was a smart enough kid, I probably could have like seen it coming. You know, like it's it, the resolution is is not really that hard to suss out, but. At least I got to I got to see it. You know, I, fi- I finally closed that fucking chapter in my life. Yeah, you're free. You're free now. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was a while before I went into that convenience store again because I was so fucking embarrassed. No. <laughs> <laughs> I holding up the fucking line for my. Oh my I want to buy this Disney DVD, please. And I'm my sure they. Milk. I'm sure they didn't actually care. It oh, was... it just a. Everyone uh, else in that store has long forgotten, but you, you remember. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if we can count on that. <laughs> I don't know, I'm not, I'm not convinced. <laughs> there was a big line by the end of it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, honestly, that was like, being able to tell that story was like, made reason why I really wanted to talk about this movie. <laughs> Like now, I could finally I could put this fucking story to rest. I oh, could move on you're with free. My life. You're free in more yeah. ways than one. Yes, yes. Congratulations. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> this is why you make podcasts so that you have a a venue to put all your weird fucking stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like. <laughs> I can't talk. I didn't even see this movie until yesterday. So like, I yeah. have, I have no no funny story here. I'm just I'm overjoyed <laughs> that you shared this with us today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> God. Oh. Yeah. Christy, Christy, do you want to tell the people what yes. happens? Do you want? They're you're keeping them in suspense now. They got to know what yeah, happens. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. Return yes. to the scene. Yes, let's get into let's get into the plot summary. <laughs> All right. The film begins and we are reunited with Ariel, and more importantly, we are introduced to her newborn baby daughter named Melody. Ariel, Eric, and Melody sail out to sea where they meet up with King Triton and the rest of the mermaids. Triton gives Melody a magic seashell locket engraved with her name, which shows a vision of Atlantica when she opens it. Soon after the party is crashed by Morgana, Ursula's crazy sister, who snatches Melody and threatens to have her shark henchmen eat her. 
unless Triton hands over his trident. Now hand over the trident or your precious granddaughter will be shot, Chow. You can have anything you want. Just don't harm little Melody. Well, well, I get the trident, avenge poor unfortunate Ursula, and gain all the powers of the ocean! And it's not even ten o'clock. <laughs> not a bad morning. Thankfully, some quick thinking by Ariel sends Morgana flying, and Melody is returned unharmed. Morgana escapes, but promises that they haven't seen the last of her. Ariel decides that, until Morgana is found, the sea isn't safe for Melody. Furthermore, Ariel decides that Melody cannot know anything about her mermaid heritage, lest that tempt her into the ocean. But if Morgana is anything like Ursula, she'll never give up. This is the only way. Melody can't know about merpeople or Atlantica, or even you, Daddy. Very well, Ariel. You're right. King Trident takes back Melody's locket and sadly discards it just offshore, resolving to never see Ariel or his granddaughter again. Many years pass and it's now Melody's 12th birthday party. A large wall has been erected around the castle, but that hasn't stopped Melody, who has found a way to bypass the wall. Melody loves swimming in the ocean, doing so secretly because, as far as she knows, her mother just has an unexplained dislike of the ocean, and as a result has banned Melody from it. What's my mom got against the ocean anyway? I mean, how could there be anything wrong with something so... wonderful? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes I even pretend I have fins. <sighs> I wish I could tell my mom how I feel, but she'd never understand. While swimming, Melody comes across what else but her old locket encrusted with barnacles. At that moment, in an iceberg lair, we see Morgana using her cauldron to watch Melody. Knowing that Melody is going to have questions about the locket, Morgana decides she'll be the one to answer them, and use Melody as a pawn in her plan to steal Trident's trident. It's at that moment that Melody realizes she's late to her own birthday party. She rushes back to the castle and sneaks back into her room just in time for Ariel to find her. Melody reluctantly joins the party, not feeling like she fits in there. And, unfortunately, her point is apparently made as shenanigans happen and Melody ends up embarrassed in front of the entire party. Melody retreats back to her room in tears. There, Melody picks up the locket just as Ariel arrives to try and comfort her daughter. As Ariel is doing so, Melody finishes cleaning off the locket and, spying her name, opens it to reveal the magical vision of Atlantica. Realizing that Melody has been in the ocean, Ariel and Melody end up having a fight. It's Atlantica, with merpeople and everything. Mother, you always said it was just an old fishtail. Where did you get this? I... I found it. You went over the wall, didn't you? Actually, I went under it. I hate that stupid wall. Melody, you know you're not allowed in the sea. But why? And why does that necklace have my name on it? Melody, listen to me. You're hiding something from me. You deliberately disobeyed me. I never want you going out there again. Do you hear me? It's dangerous in the sea. How would you know? 
You've never even been in it. <laughs> Melody. I... Ariel once again bans Melody from the ocean, and Melody runs off. Eric arrives soon after, and he and Ariel decide that they are better off just telling Melody the truth. Unfortunately, before they can do so, Melody takes a rowboat out into the sea, wanting to solve the mystery surrounding her locket. Young lady, just where do you think you're going? We've gotta figure this out. <laughs> this necklace means something. And if no one's gonna tell me... I'm gonna find out myself. <gasps> Melody, please! You're making a big mistake! Sebastian runs back to the castle to tell Eric and Ariel what's going on, but unfortunately, Morgana's henchmen are already on the scene, convincing Melody that Morgana can help her. They bring Melody to Morgana's lair. Melody makes up a claim that the locket shows Melody her destiny, that Melody is destined to become a mermaid. With some of Ursula's leftover potion, Morgana turns Melody into a mermaid. Melody is ecstatic, feeling like she's finally found a place where she fits in. Melody thanks Morgana, who breaks the news to her that the spell is only temporary, making up a story that King Triton stole her trident, and only after the trident is returned can Morgana make Melody a mermaid permanently. Melody naively agrees to get the trident for Morgana, setting off to Atlantica. Along the way, Melody ends up making two friends, Tip the Penguin and Dash the Walrus, who agree to come with her. While that is going on, Eric, Ariel, and King Triton have mobilized to search the ocean for Melody. Eventually, Ariel gets Triton to return her to her mermaid form so that she can join the search in the water. After some time, Melody arrives in Atlantica, and she sneaks into the castle. Luck is on her side as King Triton steps away for a moment, leaving his trident behind. Melody grabs it, accidentally dropping her locket in the process. She flees with the trident just as Triton returns with Ariel, and when Ariel spies Melody's locket, they realize that somehow Melody was just there. Ariel notices Morgana's henchmen lurking around the throne room and decides to follow them. Melody swims back to Morgana's lair and is just about to hand over the trident when Ariel arrives. Please, give it to me, Melody. No, hand it to me. It's for your own good. She's lying! I've given you what you've always wanted. She's the one who lied to you all these years. I was trying to protect you. By fencing me in? You knew how much I loved the sea. Why did you keep the truth from me? Melody, listen to me. If there was one thing in my life that I could do over, I... Too late. Huh? Melody, no! <laughs> Morgana takes Ariel prisoner and gloats that not only was Ariel just trying to protect Melody from Morgana, but that Melody also just stole from her own grandfather. Morgana then seals Melody in an underwater cave with some ice, gloating that her time as a mermaid is almost up. Which is, this is where I always fucking left off as a kid. No. Oh, what's gonna happen? <laughs> oh. But Morgana then leaves with Ariel to begin her takeover of the ocean. Eric and Triton arrive, and a battle ensues between them and the powered-up Morgana. Meanwhile, back underwater, Morgana's spell does indeed wear off, and Melody is returned to her human form. Thankfully for her, Tip and Dash realize she was in danger, and they trick Morgana's henchmen into breaking the thick ice imprisoning her. 
Melody is brought back to the surface just in time, where she sees Morgana wreaking havoc. As Morgana is distracted, Melody scales the iceberg Morgana is perched on. Just before Morgana is about to obliterate Triton, Melody manages to snatch the trident and toss it to Triton, who then uses its magic to seal Morgana in a block of ice, where it sinks to the depths of the ocean. Reunited with her parents, Melody apologizes for running off, and they in turn apologize to her for keeping secrets. Triton offers Melody a choice. If she still wants to become a mermaid permanently, he'll change her himself. Melody replies that she has a better idea, which is to bring down the wall surrounding the castle. And with that, the film draws to a close. The ocean wall is brought down, and mermaids and humans are reunited once again. The adventurer seems to have left Melody feeling less out of place in the human world, and the film ends on everyone happily swimming together in the ocean. So I really was only missing, like, maybe the last 15 minutes of this fucking movie. Seriously. <laughs> it was so close to the fucking end. God. Uh, where to begin? Where to start? <laughs> where well, what was, okay, to start? What was your initial impression of this movie? Because as you've said, you have not seen this before. So yeah. I... I have a bit of nostalgia for it, um, but what let's what he, what say you? Um, uh, what was my like? <laughs> I feel like I've heard about it, so like I used to. Okay, I used to watch, um, like. Alright, I used to watch the Nostalgia Critic and those kind of channel awesome things, so I'm pretty sure I've heard stuff mm -hmm. about this film. Um yeah. like yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> I I'm I'm right with you too. I don't think you need to be embarrassed too. <laughs> I feel like if you're if you're a chronically online person of a certain age, you you spent a lot of time watching Channel Awesome and it's like it, I don't know, it's just a rite of passage, yeah. I think. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure one of the people on there probably went over this this film. Because there's aspects of it that I was like, okay, I, I, I'm familiar with this, despite not having watched the movie. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I'm not going into it completely clean with no, uh, with no preconceptions. But, like, it was... It's weird because it's not awful. It's not no. It's there's there's parts of it that are very decent. It definitely feels like the story is rushed, sort of. I I like the story is kind of messy. The the characters mm. are fine, uh, but like it's not as egregious. I think as like. I think some other Disney sequels can be, like, I, I, I'm thinking, I was trying to think of other ones we've done on the show. The Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. That yeah, was, yeah. that was a stinker. Uh, this one, like, it's not great, but it's like, it's not awful. Um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, there's, definitely passable. Yeah, there's definitely um, aspects of it that I like. 
Like, the fact that the villain is, quote, Ursula's crazy sister, <laughs> who was <Yeah>. not <laughs> mentioned at all ever before. She's just sort of coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's She's there. She's she's there. She she's voiced by the it's, same person. <laughs> yeah, it's kind <laughs> it's of just it's just it, Ursula again. That's kind of amazing. That yeah. So they they just got Pat Carroll to <laughs> not like I guess it just not like reprise her role as Ursula because again it's a different character. But it's it's just she's just using it's just her Ursula normal... again. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just. It's just Ursula. Um. Ursula would have simply loved to have come, but something came up. Now, now, what was it? Oh, yes. You all shish-kebobbed her. One minute you're on top, the next you're sushi. Now, is that fair, Gramps, I ask you? That's something that I can't tell if this is, like, amazing or, like, the just, like, the <laughs> dumbest thing. Honestly. I kind of love it. But, like, yeah. not because it's good. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> this sure was a choice they made. And I love yeah. it, but, oh, no. Oh no. <laughs> I can't I can't figure out if I'm just so, like, if I'm just so <laughs> charmed by the idea that they were just like, oh, like, what do we do? We, everybody liked Ursula. What if we just had Ursula back, Ursula. but not Ursula too? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but not quite and as good. Who are we going to get to voice Ursula 2? Let's just get Pat Carroll back. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, yeah. why not? They're sisters. I why just, not? That's fine. And I mean, like, I love I love her voice. So it's like, I'm not I'm not necessarily mad that she's back. It's fun to hear her again. But it is yeah. just like, it's, it's so, it's kind of ballsy almost just to be like, oh, you like Ursula? Well, here she is again. <laughs> Like I kind of wish that they that they did that for every Disney um, Disney sequel is that they were just like oh let's just like keep getting the sibling of the previous yeah. thing back <laughs> just like <laughs> you know like they're like barely discernible from the original villain yeah you like Jafar here's Jafar too yeah actually didn't they I never I never saw uh. R- R- Return no, of I did Jafar. see Jaf- Return of Jafar, but I, s- our family only ever had the f- Aladdin one and Aladdin three, so I missed <laughs> Return of Jafar somehow. Oh no, Aladdin three I, though. We should we should <laughs> we should find an excuse to do that one. That I, you know what? I mean, ooh, that is a Prince movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe that would fit into the fit into the the April Prince month. All right, ah! I would be down for that because I have not seen. Either uh, Return of Jafar or King of Thieves, probably At since all? they came out. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, like, yeah, what? sorry. Uh, that was a, that was a, a misleading pause. <laughs> I, yes. I think that's probably true for a, a lot of the Disney sequels. Is that I I think I saw most of them as a kid when they first came out, and then they just did not make enough of a. Oh. Aside from this one, where I was constantly like, just like, <laughs> what the fuck happens? You know, that was, like, the only reason why I watched this one multiple times as a kid. Oh. I, I remember God. watching King of Aladdin, King of Thieves, like, several times, actually. I, I think I liked yeah. that movie as a kid. 
I I remember liking them. Go back to it at some point. Yeah, I I remember liking that and Return of Jafar, and I think it. I mean, this is going into a a, a, a segue. I like the sequels that that respond to a question that I had about the original film. So if with Return to Return of Jafar, it was like, well, Jafar is now a genie. What happens if somebody finds this lamp? You know, what, what yeah. goes on there? Yeah, yeah. With The Little Mermaid, I don't really think I questioned yeah. what happened with Ariel. And yet, I'm not like... Again, it's kind of the thing with like Ursula slash Morgana. I'm not like... I'm not mad. mad. <laughs> yeah. It is like... It is kind of neat to see... Uh, I don't know if... I don't think Ariel is like anywhere close to middle age but it's interesting oh to see God. an older disney protagonist <laughs> that was one of my big questions i'm like oh hooray ariel has had a child i'm like she was 16 the last time yeah. we saw her how much time has passed i then we're not going to get an answer this is not going to be explained and that's fine in a sense but also it does leave me with the lingering question of is ariel a teen mom what happened? Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it's like she's got a support system. It's still kind of. Uh. It's it, yeah. It's with the modern perspective. It is. It's a little weird. Yeah. Probably like why this film like does not address like how soon after the original film this yeah, movie. Yeah, don't just don't worry about it. You know. Yeah. It's, don't don't worry about it. It's fine. But but it is it is neat to see um, a Disney protagonist that we're familiar with, you know, go on to become an adult and lead their yeah. adult lives. Yeah. Especially like I think a lot of Disney characters are kind of just they're like perpetually teenaged. Um, even if like we do get sequels to their film, they usually it's like the Cinderella three movie. You know, like Cinderella was still just like ambiguously the same age it didn't really seem like like there had been much time if any between the events of that sequel and the original film right yeah so it is it is neat to see like oh okay so this like they they have they do have a life beyond they have grown up maybe mm-hmm. not visually at all but you know they've, no. they're an adult now <laughs> Yeah, I I do wish that there was like something in Ariel's design that they changed to like <laughs> they changed nothing. Yeah, no, she looks exactly like she did at sixteen. Um, it's I mean like the Swan Princess series does that too. Oh with yeah, Odette and Derek. They they are but... eternally the same age. Yeah, um, but like what else? I also I liked too that, and this film doesn't do this justice. But I like the idea of Ariel um, now having to deal with her own rebellious teenage daughter. And she ends up making the same mistakes that her dad did. Yeah. Like, there is one scene. um, And there's, honestly, there is a ton of shots and and bits in this movie that are just basically callbacks to the the original. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But there's definitely the one scene where where she first finds out that Melody's been going in the ocean when she found because she finds the necklace, where she's like, "I forbid it," and you're like, "That it's essentially the same shot and line as in the first movie." 
when Triton is doing the same thing to her. Yeah, and it's, like you said, there's a lot of callbacks to the original film. I think a lot... A lot feel kind of awkward. This is one that feels like it works because Ariel is like a learned behavior. That's where Ariel got it from because she heard, you know, that's the line her dad used on her. So it's, it makes sense for her to bring it up again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I just like too. I like, I've seen this film get criticism and and I mean, maybe kind of rightfully so that it sort of just retreads the original film. Yeah, it does. It's just, it's just the first film again. (laughs) (laughs) just in reverse um but again i kind of like that because you know especially because we are focused on like ariel is an equal part in this film in the original little mermaid we don't really get to see much of how triton must have felt while ariel was missing we get like a few like maybe like i think there was one brief shot of him um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like but otherwise like we were so focused on Ariel and trying to see her, um, you know, make flirty with Eric that, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, the, the, that, that kind of, it's like a very adult fear. The idea that you don't know where your kid is. Um, oh, and it's, yeah. it, so it was something that like, it was interesting. It was interesting to watch in this film that like, again, I don't think they did it to its full potential, but Ariel having to deal with that, like, like my daughter is missing. My daughter is missing on the fucking ocean, you know, where there's someone that I know wants to do her harm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's bad enough just having like, the ocean is very fucking big and yeah, <laughs> and, and that alone is a huge issue. And, and adding to that, that there is a, a, a jealous sea witch, a malevolent sea witch. Yeah. Who has expressly sworn vengeance on your family and your young daughter that your young daughter is not prepared for because of you. Um, yeah. Like, that's like a really, that's a really interesting thing that, yeah. I like, if Disney ever wanted to redo this movie, maybe now that they've, they've done the live action Little Mermaid, like, I, I think I'd be kind of down for them, like, taking another stab at this story. Yeah. I think yeah, so. I think they could, I think they could do a, a pretty decent job with it. Yeah. Like, the the bones are there. Like, I like again, I like this idea. I can buy into this idea. I don't care that it, like, yes, it, again, it does kind of retread the original film. But it's showing us different parts of that. Again, yeah. Parts that we didn't get to see. Yeah. I would, like, if, if they really, like, there's, there's some script tightening up. They would. I feel like they would have to set it up a little better, maybe. Oh with, yeah, um, yeah. In the first film, or something, maybe maybe mention that Ursula had a sister. Yeah, or, yeah. Or anything. I guess it it kind of helps that you get the impression that they're sort of extra- estranged. So. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't like each other. Yeah. But it's still weird that like there's they talk about in the first movie. They're like the sea witch Ursula. Yeah. Yeah, and then in this movie, it's very much, it's like, <laughs> like everybody remembers, like, oh, Morgana. The- oh, shit, right, there's another one. Yeah, oh, we all- We we're forgot. All, we're all very <laughs> familiar with Morgana, right? Like, everybody refers to her by name as though we yeah, should yeah, know yeah. who she's in, she is. Yeah. 
Why is and, she? It it wasn't even it wasn't just there because there's a whole thing with Morgana being like Ursula was always mother's favorite. Apparently, she wasn't just mother's favorite. She was the only one that anyone actually paid attention to. So, I mean, that's that's kind of fair though because as we see, Morgana doesn't really know how to do magic. Yeah, she's not she's not as powerful as her sister. She doesn't do the magic good. No. The only the only reason why she's able to turn Melody into uh, a mermaid is because she has a leftover jar of Ursula's magic. Yeah. <laughs> and it has Ursula's it's like a little bottle with like <laughs> Ursula's face on it. Yeah. How did Ursula like, engraved? Ursula, yeah. Did she <laughs> Like she would have had to use magic to make that bottle. Like personalize it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little glass bottle. That or, like, somehow they could fucking forge glass underwater. <laughs> oh, God. Well, there must be... Huh. Like, I imagine they would have to use, like, volcanic glass. Oh, that'd be rad. Like, all of the glass would have to be made from, like, volcanoes and shit. Like, underwater volcanoes. That'd be pretty right? sweet. That'd be a good That'd be a good setting for... That'd be really cool. Little 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 Mermaid three, and it's like Ariel's granddaughter, who oh god, also somehow gets I don't know how like how that work. Here's so uh, the 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 funny thing, and I know it's established at the end of the first movie that Triton can just use the trident <laughs> to turn Ariel into a human. Yeah. Is there no consequence or or cost to that? Has like she can just go back and they can just go back and forth, right? <laughs> I guess yeah, I guess so. Like I don't know. There's a <laughs> It's it does seem like kind of easy. Yeah. Like it's just you can just go back and forth. Hey, Trident, why don't you just get some fucking feet and go on land and say hi to your daughter <laughs> yeah. sometimes? Hey, wait a minute. Wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. You've... You haven't seen your grand, your daughter, your granddaughter for, for a dozen years. You know what yeah. you can just do? Give yourself some fucking legs and I go never, say hi. I never even thought of that. I, I was gonna I was gonna bring up, like, they all kind of give up very easily when they oh, can yeah. When they can't find Morgana within like the first day of searching for her, Ariel's like, "We just well, we're just gonna have to keep Melody out of the ocean, and 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 she'll never be able to know her mermaid heritage. You'll never be able to see her daddy." And Triton just kind of accepts this and goes on, like, you know, he, he even goes so far as to he discards Melody's necklace. He, he literally just drops it off, off vaguely offshore. Yeah. Like, you, like, why not just keep that? Like, you don't know if you're gonna fucking find Morgana the day after tomorrow. And yeah, then you could like, give it you could have, that's exactly what I thought. I'm like, you could find her tomorrow. And then, you know, <laughs> now you've lost your damn necklace. Yeah. You silly, silly man. <laughs> what, the, what are you doing? And it's also like, clearly Morgana is not the threatening sister. She got the jump on you once, yeah. but I guess Triton's army is established in this film as being six dudes. Yeah. So, like, yeah. <laughs> I guess they were worried that they couldn't have everything on lockdown all the time. But, like... I, 
Come on. And you know, I gotta say too, it's a little, it it must be like weird being one of those guards because you're guarding somebody who like, I mean, first off, he's built like a linebacker. And second (laughs) off, he has all of the fucking power of the ocean at his fingertips. So it's like, what are you fucking guarding? Yeah. Like what's, what's your, (laughs) what's your job here? You're, you're basically just like the human shield until Triton has a time to, has enough time to fucking turn around and settle the situation. Yeah. (laughs) But, but going back to your point, I never even considered that, that Triton, (laughs) Instead of just, like, accepting that he's never going to be able to see his granddaughter and daughter again, he could just, like, on a- pick a fucking weekend. Just tell him. Yeah, just- like, it might- he might not enjoy it, it might be uncomfortable. But at the same time, if this is a thing that you are dedicated to for, like, keeping your granddaughter safe or whatever- Yeah. Even though, you know- Well, and- All all of the rest of it aside, you can just- you can just grow some legs, dude. <laughs> and, and like you said, it's not like there's a cost. It seems like he could just do this. So he could literally just like like make up some story that he's from like Ariel comes from a kingdom far away and and Triton can only come visit every so often for like a week or so and then he has to go back. Like like <laughs> he still could have been in Melody's life all this time. This is the funniest fucking thing to me. I've never thought about this. They make it so dramatic that they can never see each other again. And there's such a simple solution. This is so funny. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, maybe they're leaving the ocean without its ruler if he leaves. It's like, that's why you have like a court. That's why well, you have like like leaders of 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 kingdoms would go to other places yeah. for visits. He has six other daughters. He has six other daughters. Where and, are they? And this film this film establishes too, like Melody even comments like after they they um uh like they surface from stealing the trident at, at from Atl- uh, Atlantica. Melody can see the castle from where she surfaced. So Atlantica is actually very close to the shore. So if it's she's so close, it's like next, it's yeah. fucking next door. So if shit does happen in, in Atlantica that they need Trident to come back and solve, then just like send somebody to go tell, you know, go send a message to him and then he'll yeah. just be fucking right there. Yeah. <laughs> God. That's Man, great. that's that's so that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. It's <laughs> such an easy solution. <laughs> God. Oh man, so good. Oh, <laughs> I just. Oh, that's wonderful. God, what what else to talk about? <laughs> And, like, Ugh. here's the thing. Yeah. If they let Melody go to the ocean, <laughs> and then Morgana shows up, and she's like, I'm going to steal your daughter. The thing is, she could steal the daughter, but her whole goal is give me the trident. <laughs> her whole deal is I will hurt this child for the trident. If Tri- if Triton Triton and the Trident aren't there, what the fuck's she gonna do? Yeah. Cause if she takes if she takes 
Melody under the water, Melody just fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> then what happens? You're not going to get that trident still. You're still zero out of one tridents. And now you have a dead daughter or a dead granddaughter to deal with. And he's going to be fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no... Yeah. Even if she... <laughs> so you know... Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Because you know... That if Morgana wants to get what she wants, she needs to keep Melody alive. So it's still gonna be a shit situation, but she isn't going to harm Melody because Melody is her bargaining chip. Yeah. 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 Like, the only reason that she was a threat to them that first time is she got the jump on them. Yeah, yeah. And, and no one, no one reacted. And all it took was Ariel just, like, cuts a rope on a ship and then a, a mast or something just slams into Morgana and, like, catches her off guard. So it's, like, it feels yeah. like she's probably very easily dealt with. Yeah. There's a lot of solutions. Yeah. Even, like, because, like, we see Triton <laughs> in this one. So, like, a big shark, you know, Mor- Morgana's shark henchman's about to eat little baby Melody and Triton... Um, like, mind you, I, I will give him kudos for this. He, he probably in the first film would have just exploded the shark, but he, he's kind of maybe mellowed out a little bit with age and he decided <laughs> to instead just shrink the shark so that he's a little, little tiny fish. Little tiny fish. He's still a little fish. Voiced by Clancy Brown. Yes. Mr. Krabs is here. Yes. But he's a great. shark this time. Oh, so I, I loved hearing his voice. There was so many voices in this one that I was like, wait a, wait a fucking minute. I know yeah. who that, I know that. Hang on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll have to, we'll get into some of the voice oh, actors yeah. in a little bit, but just to finish the thought, it's just, you know, if, if, like, say, like, Morgana does, um, like, kidnap Melody again, couldn't Trident just, like, shoot her with his Trident and just, like, turn her into, like, I don't know, like, just a plankton? You know, like, Man. is it is it like a transitive thing? Like, if she's holding Melody at the time, would Melody also turn into a, a plankton? But then just turn Melody back. I don't... No, because I remember there's... No. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. I don't... Like, there's... Like, when... when... When Morgana has Melody at the beginning of the film, she just has her in her tentacles. And Triton is, like, immediately ready to give up the trident instead of just, like, trying to shoot her. Yeah. Yeah, like... (laughs) I mean, mean, that's probably good. Because, like, unless you explode her into calamari like you did with the... With, like, Flotsam and Jetsam got got. Yeah. You know, it's... There's there's going to be a few seconds where she can still slam dunk that baby into a shark's mouth. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, pictured, I pictured that in my head. <laughs> um, so fair enough. But also, like, once when she's swimming away, just zap her. Do yeah. something, man. Yeah. You have the all-powerful magical trident that can do anything. Apparently. Yeah. He just lets her go. She just leaves. <laughs> she just fucking leaves. Yeah. Everybody just watches her leave. It's like, sure, like, come on. Like, somebody, somebody's somebody got to be like, 
like good at chasing or something. Anything. Anything. Oh, man. So, that, <laughs> the premise of this film is a little, it's a little flimsy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that initial, the initial setup, it's like. I, I, it it has the feeling of a film that they just did the first pass of the story. Yeah. Because they, they obviously, they're not going to like, they're not going to nanny this one. They're just trying to get yeah. shit out. So they're going to try and make it like, just get it to a point where it's acceptable. And then just like, yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. And like, I don't, it's one of those things again, where I blame no one, but the people like the, the money men. The, mo- yeah. the money guys up at the top like everyone was doing their best in this mm-hmm. situation all the all the creative people were just busting their ass doing their best yeah it's it's the best but there's probably there was probably someone with money at the top going just slam it out i don't care i don't care don't spend that much money let's go let's go let's go yeah yeah let's go if we get it out by this date we could have toys in in uh toys in stores for christmas or whatever i forget when this one what exact month of the year it was released but i yeah it's (sighs) it could have been so it could have been so good it could have been so good and yet it was just sort of fine yeah yeah Oh, I like Melody. She's a she's a cute character. She's just Ariel again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like her, but she she really is just Ariel. Yeah, and it's just it's it's funny with Melody because I feel like while you could criticize a lot of what Ariel did in the film, because Melody's a twelve year old. Yeah, she is. She's younger. Like she yeah. is just she is just twelve years old. Yeah, younger, and she has been, like, kind of, like, lied almost feels like too strong a word. She's definitely been misled by Ariel and Eric for, like, her own good, at least as how they saw it. As far as they can, you know, reason out. Yeah. But, like, Ariel, Ariel, of course, in the first movie, she, she, like, she knew who Ursula was. Like, she, when she reacts to Flotsam and Jetsam suggesting going to ursula like she it's very clear yeah, she's like the sea witch yeah. you know the one singular sea witch mm. <laughs> yes but but like it's very clear like ursula is infamous in atlantica ariel should know better by going to her to try and get you know get her legs um but melody doesn't have that melody Melody's just a, a naive little kid who gets taken advantage of by, yeah. uh, you know, Morgana. So, I, yeah, like, any any frustrations that you might have with the character, it feels, like, unjustified. Feels, yeah, much, it's fairly reasonable, because you're like, oh, okay, this is just, like, this is a tween who's getting, who's discovered that she's been lied to her whole, whole life. Yeah, and, and she's... Like, all right, yeah, okay. Make, Making dumb decisions, but like what twelve year old didn't? <laughs> you, you have, you're at that age where things start making a lot of sense, but also you're still a child, so your brain is still you still have soup a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's nothing yeah. against that age. That's just you know you got no. you, your, your kids got the soup brains, and it's fine. You're supposed to. 
we are so dumb for so long. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I I can think of shit that I did as, like, an 18-year-old. And oh, I look God, back. yeah. And it's like, I was legally an adult. And yet, it's just like, why? Like, I felt, like, was still acting like I was fucking, like, 15, it felt like. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like my brain didn't didn't finish correctly until, like, mid-20s. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even... Still, like, there's, like, some stuff that I do as a, like, 30-plus-year-old, <laughs> like, mid-30 person that I'm just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, this, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> I sure am making choices. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm doing a lot of stupid shit right now. Why, why did I buy, why did I buy a Yu-Gi-Oh! dual disc? I, no, that was, that was a good decision. <laughs> you, you, I support you. I know you're the fucking devil on my shoulder. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like telling Brie, Brie, I'm so tempted to get a Yu-Gi-Oh dual disc. <laughs> and I'm it. like, expect, yeah, it. I'm like, oh, maybe Brie will give me like some good advice about, you know, fucking not <laughs> spending my hard-earned money frivolously. No, do it. Buy the dual disc, Christine. Do it. Do it. <laughs> it's time to duel, Christine. It's time to do, 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 do it. Get that thing. Get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's now it's just sitting beside me and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> am i gonna do with this dual disc <laughs> oh god oh, i'm so glad i'm so happy i mean i am too but it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like how do i explain this <laughs> like sometimes you don't I... have to explain or justify it to anyone that is your dual disc you are allowed to... <laughs> <laughs> everyone's allowed one dual disc uh, and you don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain shit. Oh, God. It, brought, so much... it sparked joy. That's all that I've, matters. I have so much weird shit in my place that sparks joy. <laughs> Good. As well you should. <laughs> God. So. Oh, it's a Little, little Mermaid. mermaid. <laughs> I... Oh, God. Yes, with, with Melody. Um. I, I'll oh. add to I like I like the arc that Melody goes through. Again, I know that it's kind of similar to Ariel, yeah. but I almost feel like this film sort of emphasizes that more. Like Ariel Ariel didn't feel like she fit into Atlantica, but it didn't really feel I don't know, it just felt like different from this film where it feels like we really get to see the repercussions of Melody not fitting in. Like her Getting embarrassed yeah. at her own birthday party and and the sadness she feels with that, yeah. It's like Ariel didn't feel like she fit in, but we when we did see her interact with other people in Atlantica, it it wasn't as noticeable, I guess. Granted, it was mostly like we saw her interacting with her friends and her family. Um, yeah, so maybe... the only one, the only people she really interacted with in that film in Atlantica were. Yeah, Flounder, uh, Sebastian, and her dad. Yeah, yeah. And Scuttle. But Scuttle's yeah. not under the sea. No. So um, we don't really, yeah, you don't really feel, like, you, you feel, you know that, like, she feels out of place because she has this fascination with the surface, but we don't get any sense of what the rest of the, sort of, society thinks of that, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, and in this film, it's very clear that a lot of people think Melody is weird. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's she's the weird girl that talks to fish. Which, yeah. I don't know how more people don't know that sh- that that Ariel is the mermaid. There was yeah. a big um there was there was a really big thing at the end of the of the, the, the last movie about <laughs> yeah, how they got yeah. married on a boat and uh, there was a bunch of mer people there. Like what did everyone just collectively agree to not talk about that? Yeah, and this, that's something I was going to bring up too because it, it feels like <laughs> Like, imagine if this happened in our world. I mean, maybe it's not, like, a one-to-one, because we have shit like the internet. So you know if we found mermaids, that shit would be on, on fucking Twitter and Instagram, and it would spread. Yeah. Everybody, it would be impossible to deny. Um, but, yeah, it just Well, feels so- a lot of people would be like, that's Photoshop. So yeah, I guess- uh, yeah, I guess that's fair. We, it, we need to be, like, back in, like, the 90s before Photoshop and, like, video, like- cgi was like a big thing <laughs> but also like we all still like had some kind of video cameras to like record a blurry big so foot. if we were in an alternate unit anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, anyway we're getting off topic yes but just yes ha- this this entire kingdom should fucking know about mermaids and it's not like a generation or two has passed no it. it's been maybe max like 15 years yeah maybe yeah yeah, like people should remember the whole, the whole merm people thing. Yeah, and like, I could almost see it if maybe they also talked about if, if maybe Melody also hasn't really been outside the castle, and maybe like everyone in the castle is sworn to secrecy. I could kind of see that. I don't know if maybe that was the intention. The film never really goes into that. No, um, like we're told she can't go in the ocean. We're not told if she's like barred from leaving the castle completely. Yeah, Melody never mentioned it, so hard to say. Um, yeah, you know what I feel? I feel is especially bullshit is the fact that we're <laughs> we're uh-huh. shown we're shown that Scuttle is kind of friends with Melody. You can't fucking tell me that Scuttle didn't accidentally let shit slip over the years. He's had twelve years to fuck up. You know, and like just like accidentally like <laughs> mention something about mermaids. I just holy I shit. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That goes against the established character of Scuttle. Yeah, like it's just impossible. Somebody like somebody would have slipped up, and it would have been Scuttle for sure. It would have it... been Scuttle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're a hundred percent right. I never, yeah. th- I, I didn't think of that. That's yeah. <laughs> This is a lot of revelations. There is no way that Scuttle kept that under wraps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh, God. You mentioned mentioned the voice actors earlier, so do you want to get into that a bit more? Yeah, let's do that. All right. I, it's impressive how many of the voice actors they got back from the original film. Yeah. It's so much so that, like, when they aren't back, it sounds weird. Yes. Like Eric. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna cite Eric specifically. Fucking he- liquid snake over here. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric, oh god. Eric's original voice actor is a guy named Christopher Daniel Barnes, and I I don't know if it's, like, because we're coming off 
fresh of the first movie. It's it's so noticeable. Yeah, it's really. It's it's very different. Um, he's voiced by Rob Paulson in this one, which oh wait no yeah he's Rob Paulson. Who's Cam Clark? Cam Clark is Flounder. Oh, Flounder is Liquid Snake. That's yeah. Oh, what... okay. <laughs> it's you know what you had me. I didn't question it. I was just like oh I didn't I didn't know uh, Rob Paulson was Liquid Snake. <laughs> I was like oh okay oh I wasn't familiar with that one. No, okay. Sorry. No, I got I got I got them mixed oh, up. Oh good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rob Rob Paulson is Eric in this one. And I, I love Rob Paulson. Um he's a great voice actor, very oh, talented. Yeah. He's also oh, a very very nice man that I've had the pleasure of meeting and chatting with at a convention a few years ago. Um But it just doesn't it doesn't I don't think it suits Eric his no, voice. Not quite. And I also question, like, because it's not like Christopher Daniel Barnes is, like, a big fucking name actor. So I kind of question why. Maybe he why... was just busy. Maybe he was just busy. You Maybe. Know, sometimes it's just busy. Maybe. It just, it's so, it's so weird. Especially because they got, like, um, so the, the lady that voices Carlotta, who is, is the, the female maid that. Oh, Yeah. Um, they got her voice actor back, and she's, like, only in this film. Like, we feel like she only has, like, one or two lines. And they got her back, and it's like, why couldn't you, why couldn't you get, <laughs> why couldn't you get her back? Maybe, maybe something happened. Like, they, yeah. there was just, like, extenuating circumstances, and he couldn't get back for it. But, yeah, no, it's definitely a, a noticeable difference. Yeah. But, like, otherwise, like, they, you know, obviously Jody Benson is back, uh, Pat Carroll, as we mentioned, um, Samuel E. Wright for Sebastian, uh, Kenneth Mars for Trident, which I only realized, I, after looking at his IMDb literally, like, ten minutes before uh, we started <laughs> recording, I didn't realize that Kenneth Mars also voiced Littlefoot's grandfather in The Land Before oh. Time. Oh shit! Oh yeah! Yeah! Can't you picture it? Oh my it now? god! Yeah! I never put the two and two together. No. Huh. Oh. oh. And then, and Lamp she Before said, "Time is a good film, but I also haven't watched it since I was a child." Yeah, it's uh, it's fucking sad, and that yeah. means it's I don't I don't want to watch it. It's, it's, You're good, actually. Yeah, it's like you know what I don't feel like crying today, so I'm I'm okay not <laughs> watching it. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the one said, the one that was hitting me while we were watching it is that so there's the the two uh animal sidekicks that melody gets in this film are yeah. are tip and dash uh tip the <laughs> penguin. penguin and dash the walrus mm-hmm. and they're fine they're fine characters they're at first i was like ooh, but you know they're not bad yeah they're less annoying than i anticipated them being and that's always you know a pleasant surprise um <laughs> yeah but with with tip He's played by Max Casella. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, where do I know this fucking voice from? Where do I know this? Who is, 
who is this? It's fucking Daxter. It's Daxter from Jack and Daxter. Oh, that's awesome. That's where I know him from. I'm like, that's fucking Daxter. Oh, that's funny. And so I had <laughs> I had that reaction to Stephen First, who voices Dash. Um, oh, because I, I was I was like same thing. I was like that voice sounds familiar. And at first I was like, is this Wayne Knight? Because it was kind of a similar sort of like mm. nebbish kind of voice. But I, I ended up I had to go through IMDb, and I don't know if you ever watched the um, Buzz Lightyear TV show. Back in the, like... I did not. No, that wasn't one that I... It it was one where it was, like, set in the Buzz Lightyear universe. So it was, like, you saw okay. S- Star Command and he went on space adventures to fight Zerg. But he was part of a team and one of his team members was an alien. Um, oh, fuck, what was his name? Now I'm blanking on his name. But it just, it, Stephen first played uh, Booster, the alien. Um, okay. And it was just, it was, it's the exact same voice. So it was like, oh, okay, that's where it fucking, it's like, I don't know if I've seen any other, um, any other of Stephen First's, uh, (laughs) of of his voice actor work. So it's like, this is like the one for sure. This is how I know this man's voice and why it was stuck. It it was like stuck in my head. This single role. (laughs) This one role. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing that it's just like, oh, that's all it takes sometimes is just to have your brain latch onto one single show. Well, that was, yeah, that was me with Daxter. Yeah. It wasn't a show, but it was like, I know, I know this voice as, as this one character from this, this, (laughs) these video games. Yeah. What, what's kind of great is as I have IMDb up as I'm, as I'm talking and a guy named Blake Blake Ewing or Ewing, I'm not sure how to pronounce Ewing? the last name. Ewing, maybe. Um, he just he's credited as voicing boy number one, so I don't know who the fuck he is, but I have to mention him because his headshot is he was he was the fucking rich snotty kid from the Little Rascals movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to I had to fucking mention him. It's like oh, it's oh hey. I know, I, recognize I know you. that one. Yeah, Waldo, Waldo. That's his name. I fucking loved that movie as a kid. I don't think I ever saw that film. No? Now I want to know, like, which boy was Waldo? I'm sure he was, he was probably one of the, like, because there's the three, like, kids that are at Melody's party at the beginning that are talking about how she, weird she is, so he's probably one yeah. of those two. Yeah, maybe. That or, like, maybe he was the boy that she danced with. Oh, no, that's Merboy. Well, no, uh, there was there, there was the human boy. Or did, oh, no, wait. Yeah, right, because I think they had the same voice actor, actually. The I don't know. <laughs> I think I I read that on TV Tropes that they had the same actor because people were like, is the is the, the human boy she danced with, is he also the Merboy in disguise? Oh. Like, they were, like, like imagining this this scenario where somehow there is this whole other fucking movie happening in the background. <laughs> like, like, yes, I'm sure that's exactly what. Yeah, I'm, that was I'm the sorry. intention. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry to dunk on it. Somebody's theory, but no, that does not, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, Oh, I love I love that mer that mermaid boy that Melody has a crush on though because he looks exactly like, um, 
the the Don Bluth boy from Titan AE. Yeah, he does. I was just about to say he's got that Don Bluth hair going on. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, that is a Don Bluth boy if I ever seen one. Even just like the color and like the highlights in his hair oh, yeah. is just like oh spot on. Man, I haven't seen Titan AE in a while. It's been a while for me too. I I don't I think, think I, I have I rem- that on DVD somewhere. Oh my god. Well, now your evening is planned. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, honestly. And then, of course, there is Cam Clark, who we mentioned earlier. Ah, yes. Flounder. This is another thing I I liked, is seeing middle-aged Flounder. Middle-aged Flounder with his his kids. Yeah. And he's got, like... I why did they they aged Flounder but they didn't age anybody else. <laughs> so now Flounder looks like an old fish man somehow. It's great. I do love his design. He's like, got he's, like the he's got like the comb over now. He's got like the yeah. fish comb over, and he's just kind of like slightly like he's kind of got like a man bod in a like I don't like a like a fish man dad bod fish, fish dad bod. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 great. I love it, and I wish that they put that same energy into everyone else. Oh man, <sighs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of almost weird to see like Ariel in her same fit that she was wearing as like a sixteen year old, and now she's like a she's like a mom. <laughs> yeah, like like okay. You, like Triton, Triton turns her back into her mermaid form, and I know it's just for like brand recognition, but she's got that seashell bra back on, and you're like, "Yeah, girl." I just, I just know, like if it, if it was me, it, you know, I, I like, I have not stayed the same size as I was when I was sixteen. Certainly <laughs> not, and and <laughs> I, so I was, I'm sitting. My character too. design has changed fairly dramatically. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> I would not, I would, you know, I, I kind of wish that there was just a little bit different, you know, a little bit different body type for Ariel. Would be, would have been kind of nice to see, yeah. you know, maybe not my exact body type, but like maybe something a little less. Just anything to sort, the only thing they did for her was to like tie her hair up in like a bun. Yeah. Like, this is her, this is her mom hair. This is her, her bun. Yeah, that's, that's how you. That's how you know she's um a, an old an old lady. Is that she yeah. puts her she puts her hair up, she puts her hair up in a bun. It also comes undone when she goes in the water. So now she's just the same character design as she was when she yeah. was sixteen. Yeah. <sighs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, only flounder. Only flounder. Only flounder got to age. Everybody else is aging so gracefully, and then there's Flounder. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if it was anyone, it would be Flounder. I guess, but like he also felt like the youngest of. Yeah, he was like, of, well, he was like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. Sebastian is somehow like the. I guess crabs can live for a long time. You know what? That's true. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the. <laughs> I do not control. The aging of crabs. I do not know how fast they they age or how long they live. Yeah, flounder might or uh, uh, Sebastian might outlive all of them. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which he's he he plays a very strange role in this film because like yeah. we sort of talked about when we talked about the first one where he was sort of the like the dad stand-in, so you felt a little less bad about how 
like Ariel is all alone up here and has no one to support her. Here he's like, he's just a really dramatic crab who tells Melody not to go into the ocean. And that's it. Yeah, he's not really like giving the good family advice that he, you know, like the counsel that he gave to both both Ariel and Triton. You know, he kind of like... Yeah. Was almost like they're in between at times. Um, yeah, he's just like it's it's just a weird one. I don't think they quite knew what to do with him in this movie. No, not even slightly. He st- he starts off like Triton, similar to the first film. He tasks uh, uh, Sebastian with looking after Melody again, which is her so sick. weird because like, why? Yeah, her mom's right there. Your daughter is right. Okay. Well, and just like you just what? want, you just want. Sh- it's just a vehicle to have S- Sebastian up on the surface for shenanigans. I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like... Well, and like in the first movie, tr- like Sebastian was just supposed to like tail Ariel, so it made sense. He's a little crab. He could probably go unnoticed and just report back to Triton what Ariel is doing. In this one, he's like. You're gonna you're gonna watch over Melody and keep her safe. Like, what the fuck is is Sebastian yeah, what the, gonna do? Sebastian can't do shit. He's a, he's a crab. He's a yeah. tiny little crab. What the fuck's he gonna do if Morgana What's he gonna shows up? Do yeah. And, like, and he also like <laughs> not that he could stop Ariel from doing anything in the first film because he's a little crab. Ooh. But at least he was, like, yeah, he was, like, small and he could, like, chase after yeah. her and he was supposed to be, like, incognito while he's while he's following her and keeping an yeah. eye on her. This is just, like, Melody knows about Sebastian. She just fucking talks to Sebastian. She just knows he's here and, like, he's not doing anything. Yeah, like, how did this, how did this work? Because we, like, has Melody just grown up with Sebastian, like always there has she never questioned why this fucking crab has like been with her her entire life or, like was there <laughs> is, is it that like she finds out that she can talk to sea creatures but they're like they know that it's a it's because it's a mermaid thing and like they know they're not supposed to tell her because maybe Ariel's like don't tell her about like we're not telling her about being in the ocean and they're like well um we can't tell her about the fact that she can talk to us because she's a mermaid. Yeah. Um. So I guess we'll just be friends with her and just never mention to Ariel the fact that, that uh, her daughter has discovered the fact that she can talk to crabs. Yeah, yeah. That felt like a very, like... Like, especially talking it out, that that was probably something that it adds way more questions than yeah. it should have. Like, the, realistically, the reason, we know the reason he's there is because Sebastian, funny character, haha, have shenanigans, plot yeah. device, man. Any, any sort of thought into it is like, this doesn't, hold, this is, yeah. nope. It well, doesn't like, make like, sense at all. Like, like you said, it just feels like, like at what point, when did Melody and Sebastian meet? Is Seba- Has Sebastian pretended not to know Ariel for the last 12 years? Because, like, otherwise, you, you know, if Melody isn't allowed in the ocean, then Melody would assume that she shouldn't let Ariel know about Sebastian. 
But as we, you know, Ariely knows about Sebastian, but Melody doesn't know that. But then, yeah, when did Melody learn she could talk to sea creatures? And I guess animals in general, because she talks to Scuttle. Like, that's, like, that's, that's like a big, a kind of a big yeah. thing. And the film just, like, and starts off with her just being like, yeah, I could talk to animals. Yeah, this is fine. Yeah. But, it, like, at that point... Would were were they worried that if they told Ariel that she realized that she could talk and understand them, that she would get mad at them and be like, "Don't, don't be here anymore." Yeah, because that's the only thing that I can think of. Because otherwise, it's a matter of like, "Hey, you're gonna have to talk to your daughter soon. She's kind of realizing something is fucking up because like she can talk to." crabs and animals and stuff you should probably talk to her about this yeah but i don't think they they basically made sebastian just an idiot (laughs) in this one and that's just sort of disappointing yeah because he was such he was such a good character in the first film and i don't know like he always had ariel's best interests at heart and it kind of sucks that like you don't see him do that for Melody because they're so focused on him being the funny character that he doesn't really get to... He he just doesn't have that same relationship with Melody. It's, you know, it's it's funny because, like, uh, Scuttle... At one point, Melody is talking about how she doesn't feel like she could talk to Ariel and confess how much she loves the ocean and, and all that. And fucking Scuttle is the one... That suggests that Melody go and just talk to Ariel and open up about yeah. her feelings. Why the fuck is Scuttle giving Why is it that Scuttle? <laughs> Why the fuck? That's bullshit. That's like the exact opposite advice I would expect from Scuttle. Yeah. I just, like... Like, that shit, that's Sebastian. It would have made more sense coming from Sebastian. It would have made a lot more sense coming from the, like, wise fatherly figure that was Sebastian in the first movie. Especially because Sebastian has already seen this shit play out. He knows from experience, the you know, Ariel and Melody need to talk because that's what almost, like, fucked up Triton and Ariel's relationship and started all that business with Ursula need to fucking talk it out so like he should be he should be even wiser in this film and and, uh, and yeah it woof woof (laughs) it it gets worse the more you think about it almost yeah yeah also louis needs to chill he needs (laughs) it's been fucking a dozen years you need to know by now that that crab is part of the family and you can't kill him you can't do a murder louis it's great because Louis specifically recognizes Sebastian after all this time. He knows what that one crab that fucked him over looks like. <laughs> He's gonna take revenge. Doesn't fucking matter if it's the, the crown princess's 12th birthday party. He's gonna fucking kill that crab. He's and gonna just... fuck up that crab. That crab that clearly knows the, the queen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh. God, man, we should All probably right. we should probably talk like at least briefly about maybe because all this film hinges on Ariel not 
telling Melody the truth about the mermaids and all of that. And we've kind of discussed bits and pieces of it already. But, like, I feel like we need to just say, like, was Ariel, like, if if you were in this situation and an evil sea witch was out there in the ocean and threatening your family, what would you tell your young kid? I mean, once she was old enough to understand shit. Yeah. Like, it would... I, I mention it because I, like, I was thinking about this. Because, obviously, the events of the film... We're very much on, like, Melody's side. Like, why did Ariel keep this a secret? You know, like, this is just, it's led to, uh, it led to the exact situation Ariel was trying to prevent. But at the same time, I, like, how I do you, think, How do you introduce your daughter to the fact that she's a mermaid? Well, that, like, that, how, how do you explain that you were a mermaid and that there was a sea witch that you killed and now the sea witch... The sea witch wants to harm you, and you need to stay out of the ocean because this person who we cannot find might come out and hurt you. How do you tell that to a kid without fucking terrifying them? Yeah, I think, well, that's that's sort of the thing where I was thinking, like, once the, once the animal companions realize that she has this ability and that she has like these questions now um or she has these feelings that's when you do it like that's yeah. when you have to come uh, to to the realization that okay she is at an age now where she's old enough to know that something is different something is off and like she can understand logically from a, to a certain extent well, like what's going on mm -hmm. you know and like maybe you fucking keep the locket and when she comes of age you can show it to her and be like this is the deal this is mm. what's going on this is why like maybe you that noticed that you're <laughs> maybe you noticed that you're changing a little and you're realizing some things. It's not puberty. You're a mermaid. <laughs> and it's the 13th year and you're turning into a merboy. <laughs> oh, no. You just start compounding the lies. Oh, like, no. Actually, this is just what all, all kids go through. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody just starts talking to fish. You're just, you're just, you're just a, an early bloomer. All your friends will catch up eventually. Yeah. You, I... What I liked the scenario you were starting to suggest, though, was that they keep the locket and they're like, yeah. when Melody is ready, we will show her this. Because that that might solve part of that fucking awkwardness, at least around the locket of like Triton um, just fucking ditching it offshore, yeah. is that, you know, Ariel keeps the locket, but just doesn't, you know, keep it with Melody. They put it aside for her and, and you know, the, the one day in the future we'll reveal it to you. And you could have Melody discover that locket hidden away in the castle. And you could still have that same fucking plot point of like, yeah. like, like, what is this? But then it's not, you know, the the completely un... <laughs> just unbelievable thing where he just like fucking drops the thing in the water and also it doesn't... You know what water does? Christy, it moves around a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
somehow yeah. it didn't move that locket, though. Stayed in the same place for 12 years. Yeah. It's fine. And- Don't worry about it. Of all the things <laughs> in this film to, to nitpick, never mind. Do you know what? I mean, it's hard. It's hard not to, though, because it is It's just so it's it's a contrivance to set up the rest of the movie. And so it's hard not to focus on it because it's so important to the plot. Like, yeah. This would not have happened had Triton held on to the locket instead of being very dramatic and, and dropping <laughs> it just offshore. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, like, I, it's one of those things where it's too, it's like, even if you had decided to never tell Melody about any of this at all, ever, for her whole life, you realize that eventually she'll be an adult, right? Yeah. Like, she's gonna, you know what kids do? They grow up, and then they become yeah. adults. And then now what's happened? Yeah, what, I guess, like, maybe, you because silly Eric- biscuit. What? Eric, Eric does, like, mention when, like, he comes in after Melody and Ariel have their fight. Eric does come in and, well, at first it's, like, the beginning of the movie, they don't really make it clear. They just kind of, they make it seem like Ariel never wants to tell Melody what's going on. But in that conversation with Eric, he says that, you know, like, we knew we would have to tell her someday. Um, yeah, and, like, to be fair, to be fair to Ariel, she does acquiesce really quick. Like, she's like, yeah, yeah no, you're right. Like, she's old enough now, we need to talk to her about this. Yeah. So, like, if, if, this, if, if she hadn't decided to fucking run off that very moment, she probably would have just gotten all the answers anyway. Cause yeah, probably yeah. Because about to tell her, but, you know. Yeah, and, and to, like, give, like, to highlight that more, I should say... Ariel and Eric are, like, actually, like, pretty good parents in this. Yeah. It's, you know, like, Ariel, especially, we see a lot of scenes of her trying to be encouraging to Melody and, like, just, like, showing her love for her daughter. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, they're, they're good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are good parents who made a big mistake and very quickly regret it. And go through a lot to try and rectify it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that that was something that was, like, a positive note that I made. Where it's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, good. Good for her. Like, she definitely comes around really fast on it. Like, yeah. She realizes, okay, she's old enough now. We need to tell her the truth. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, it was... I mean, it was the same thing that her dad went through. Um, she yeah. had a very emotional reaction at first, and then she regretted what she said. And like once she calmed down, you know, she was going to do the right thing. And I think there was like those shots in the original where we see Triton again. He fucking smashes her, her treasures, and yeah. then that look on his face. He regrets it. Obviously, like Triton did it to a way more extreme, yeah, um, kind of toxic uh, level, but. Even, even like, before, even before uh, Ariel has that decision to tell Melody, though, like, the scenes where she's trying to comfort Melody and- Oh, yeah, like, after the party and, like, getting her to open up when they're standing on the balcony there. Yeah. They're, they're very, it's a very sweet mother-daughter sort of relationship. Yeah, Ariel, Ariel's trying to, like- just like help her, help her daughter, and explain that, like, yeah, being a fucking teenager sucks, and you feel yeah. like Eric, because 
Ariel went through the same thing. She felt like she didn't fit in. So she's like trying to relate this to her kid. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if, if only Eric, if only Eric hadn't been like, oh, you got to get going to the party. Then maybe this, this whole film would have been avoided. For, for real. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Melody was God just it, about Eric. to open up. And then Eric's just like, yeah, we got to go. There's a lot of people waiting downstairs. Like, fuck off, Eric. <laughs> fucking do it. Not thing now. Here. Go entertain the party guests yourself. Yeah. God damn it. It's her fucking birthday party. If she if she's going to show up 20 minutes late, then too bad. Yeah. God. She's the fucking princess. Who, like, I, I, the, I, I'll say all those fucking kids that laughed at her <laughs> at the party. Yeah. Like, man, come on. <laughs> Eric's kingdom must be pretty lax because how dare these people openly laugh at the, at the monarchy. I would have fucking thrown them all in a dungeon. <laughs> how dare you? To be fair, we don't actually know, like, he is prince of what? Hmm. <laughs> Do you think it's just like, um, uh, like a figurehead? Like, they've long abolished the, mar- the monarchy <laughs> and there's, <laughs> there's like a prime minister and Eric's just like, he just makes public appearances? Maybe. I mean, we, we, don't, we don't know, like, we're like, take... In the first movie, they're like, take her on a tour of the kingdom. And we see there's, like, a town, I guess. But, like, hmm. that it could just be a, an Odette and Derek situation where there's, like, <laughs> a castle and a town. And that's it. Yeah. I, yeah, I wonder, how does, it, how does it work if there needs to be, like, a, a minimum size to establish a kingdom? You know, I don't know. Can we just go out in the fucking woods and, like, lay claim to the enchanted forest? And... <laughs> And, and that's a reference for for anybody that's been on a road trip into BC. <laughs> but like, could we just lay claim to the enchanted forest and then just establish that as a kingdom? Oh, I think I think though at that point, then you have to you know, there's a lot of government things and a lot of like, <sighs> you'd have to you'd have to be wresting control of a piece of land from an established government. Okay, so, so it, should... it might not work super well now. Okay, maybe yeah. We can only go back in time. (laughs) We could have the enchanted forest that we always (laughs) dreamed of. The one that was actually worth your family stopping and going to see on your road trip. I don't think I ever, like, I've only heard tales of the enchanted forest. I've never actually gotten to go there. Is it, does it still exist? It's still, it's still there. Last I heard anyways, but... I don't know if my sister is hallucinating or not, because I always, as like, as a kid, I remember us begging to, and I guess just for, for some fucking clarity, we've been talking about this for the last two minutes. Um, the Enchanted Forest is just like a roadside attraction. Um, in, in, I think it's in BC somewhere. Yeah, it's in Revelstoke. Revelstoke? Okay. Um, and it's just like one of the, like a a shitty roadside attraction where like last I saw like all of like the the little fairy tale creatures were like falling apart and it looked awful. Aww. But as a kid though, you see that sign for the Enchanted Forest, and all you want to fucking do is go see it. It looks like they might have done a recent like overhaul on it. Their website oh. looks pretty good. Are they better? Because um, some of the pictures <laughs> I saw were pretty sad. But but I just remember my family, like, we would beg, we would beg my dad to stop. And, like, let's go see the Enchanted Forest. And, like, we always had, like, a schedule to keep. Um, and, you know, at least that was always his excuse. I think as an adult now, I realize dad probably knew that that place was not worth <laughs> stopping. <laughs> but, 
But my sister, for some reason, I have no memories of actually going to see it. My sister claims that we did, that we actually stopped oh. once. So I don't know, because she's older than me, so I don't, maybe we stopped oh, maybe. when I was when I was too young to remember. And maybe that's, maybe that's why dad never stopped again because he, he knew from that first experience. I don't know. <laughs> I would be curious to go see it just for like the, I don't oh. know, to finally fulfill that. Like, again, it's kind of like seeing this fucking movie all the way through. It's like, just to see, I know it's probably going to be shit, <laughs> but I want to see the inner child that needs to know. Yeah. I need to know what the enchanted forest looks like. How far maybe is it in... me? It's a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> five and a half hour road trip i don't think it's yeah worth it. so it's probably at least like yeah probably i think it looks like it's exactly in the middle between our two cities so. oh god damn it <laughs> so we'll meet in the middle and we'll go we gotta meet together. in the middle <laughs> i don't know how i'm gonna get there oh i'll fucking hitchhike to the enchanted forest yeah it's it's four it's five hours from you and five and a half from me so oh god damn it well Road trip. The next episode is going to be recorded at the Enchanted Forest. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so awesome. Oh my god. Uh, Is there there anything more to say for this one, Brie? No. Like, this was just... I I feel like we said a lot. We had a lot of... Yeah. That was good. Yeah. This This is a good episode. All right. Well, I think we're probably going to wrap this one up then. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, if you want to see clips from this movie and some of the other films we have profiled, uh, you can find us. Uh, we're still on Twitter. St- Twitter's still going. Somehow. It's kind of, it's X now. Yeah. Fuck that. It's still, it's going to be Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's still Twitter. Fuck that. I don't. I don't give Fucking a shit Jesus. what they try to rebrand it to. Yeah. You, you've, it's just um, Twitter. It's, it's just Twitter. It's just Twitter, but now it's going through an edgy phase. Um, but uh, but we are on Twitter still, at Bad Princess MOV. Uh, you can also, if you want to, send us an email. You could reach us at badprincessmovies at gmail.com. And you could also check out the catalog of Bad Princess Movies which I should probably update sometime soon. It's been a bit. Uh, but you can, you, you can see that at badprincessmovies.com. Excellent. Oh, actually, hang that... on a second. I just have to double check something. Because I think oh. I got a message on Tumblr. It's been a oh. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. I got, a, I got another message on uh, Tumblr uh, from J. Wong Makes. Um, yeah. And they, they have asked... If we may in the future uh, do the 1946 French film adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, Le, Le Belle et Le Bet, Bet? Mm-hmm. Oh, God, French. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because that one, um, so I actually, I, I own it. I have not watched it yet, but I picked it up after watching Donkey Skin because Donkey Skin, uh, the director of that, if I remember right, he was a big fan of uh, the director of the 1946 Beauty and the Beast, uh, Jean ah. Cocteau. Um, so, and, and actually even the in Donkey Skin, 
there's a king in that the king the father of the main character uh the king is played by the same actor as uh the beast in the 1946 beauty and the beast oh I'm blanking on his name at the moment. This um, is actually the same person that had sent me the the uh, Tumblr ask also regarding oh, okay. donkey skin. So that, oh, there that we tracks because they yeah. they say in their message that um that they they saw it with their older sibling, um, and they like part of the fun for for them was uh noticing how much the Disney animated film took inspiration from the the 1946 one. And the 1946 one, like, grew on them slowly and made them unable to see the Disney movie as the same way before because of the, they love the captivating poeticism of the 46 film. Interesting. And, yeah. Interesting. I, I, I have been, I've been putting off watching this one and, and sadly part of that is because i've heard it's very good and so oh no. it, it's, it's too part good of, it's like oh it's like you know like so nothing grabs my attention more like being told a film is shitty because then i have to be like oh well how shitty is it you know so yeah, i have yeah. to but i i have wanted to check this one out because i like i really like donkey skin and I knowing that the director of Donkey Skin was inspired by this adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, it's like, ooh, well, I really like Donkey Skin, so I bet I'll really enjoy this too. Um, and I just haven't sat down to watch it, so I should maybe I should make that my mission to see yeah. it, and then we'll we'll probably I'm sure it'll end up on the docket regardless. But yeah, so yeah, thank you for that. It's from uh, Jay Wong makes again, and uh, thank you for the message. Yeah, thank you. Now we need to do our awkward conclusion. Right. <laughs> it's over. We're done. It's stop, over. Stop uh, listening. Turn 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 it off. Here I'm gonna start fading the music. Oh uh, the music we didn't even talk about the music in this film. It's very oh, forgettable. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Too, yeah, it's yeah, we're good. We don't. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's here it is now. Ta-da. They even play, they, they play what? Part of your world as the ending credit song for this one because they didn't even have one in the film that was good enough to be the ending credit no. one. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's good. Anyway. Th- thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.